everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We're your hosts, Brian, Nathan. I'm JC. Fellas, it's good to be back on the podcast with you. Episode number 153. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since we've done this because we recorded two at one time. So yeah, we did. It's, it's great to be back with you guys. Hey, but those episodes deserved to be two full episodes. Yeah, that was yeah. a great conversation. Man, I love that interview. Love those guys and love what they're doing uh, to reach a younger generation. It was really encouraging. It yeah. was it was really good to have Kyle and Tommy on with us. And when you get that many guys sitting on a microphone that can talk, man, I'm surprised we only got two. We should have had three or four episodes from that. That's but the truth. Such a such a powerful story last week. And uh, man, thanks Tommy and Kyle for coming and being back with us. If you have not heard those episodes, I encourage you to go back and to listen to those two episodes today, guys. I'm real excited. Coming up in January 2024, the RFP is going back to the Holy Land. We're heading back to Israel, and uh, this is going to be an absolute incredible trip, and uh, I am so fired up to go with us. This is a pastors-only trip, but uh, we would love for you to be part of this with us. You can go to recoveringfundamentalist.org, click on the Israel tab, and go with us today. JC, we did have somebody ask this week if missionaries could go or like if someone is not like a lead pastor, but they're in pastoral ministry absolutely youth pastors yes you know what else and we didn't talk about this but there's two pastors that went with us this past trip that reached out and said hey if there's any couples that want to go they're also taking a trip in march brett martin and james safford are going to israel i believe in march and if you want to go as a couple we would highly encourage you to reach out to those guys and go with them yeah, that's really good for everyone who goes to Israel. And I was the pessimist about going. Yeah, you were. To everyone who goes, it will be life changing. Mm. I can promise that. I'm preaching on Nehemiah this Sunday. And just to have seen it, like to stand there at the wall, to touch the wall, to go into Hezekiah's tunnel underneath, to see Kidron Valley right there. Like it, it, it's so much different now preaching Nehemiah than it was before. And uh, we would love for you to go with us. You will literally see the Bible come to life. Yeah, my next two weeks of sermons doing overviews of books of the Bible, my next two weeks are Ezra and Nehemiah. So how cool is that? man? Send me your notes. (laughs) Did I ever tell you that I preached through the book of Nehemiah for nine months, and it finally got to the point that people uh, in the church were coming to me saying, can we just go rebuild the wall? Like that only took, what was it? 52 days. And so we would rather go there and rebuild the wall. And so now it's funny because anytime I'm preaching, if I even reference a verse from Nehemiah, I see people start twitching and like, you know, basically having convulsions. Like that's hilarious. Please don't mention Nehemiah. Well, well, two home churches will be in Nehemiah this Sunday. I'm excited about that. Guys, you know, on in other news, it has been um, somewhat of a sad week, but also a, a, a rejoicing moment in time, as we've had some folks that have passed away from this life and their faith has become sight. And uh, man, we are celebrating with them. Uh, of course, Charles Stanley passed away this past week, and uh, man, just a just a life well lived there. And then a, a guy that 
evidently not a lot of people know, but man, I was, it was part of my childhood. Patch the pirate passed away yesterday on Thursday, or excuse me, on Wednesday of this past week. And that was a huge part of my life. Are y'all familiar with Patch the pirate? Yes, I am. I grew up singing his songs. What, what was your favorite song, JC? Sing it for us. Oh, rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistake. For we know at the end of each path that I take. For we right and purified, I shall come forth as gold come on dude Ooh, yep. good job jc that's my favorite one or have you seen a wiggle worm smaller than a tiny germ somebody just had ptsd <laughs> <laughs> i missed out on patch the pirate apparently yeah. apparently it was a sin where i attended because you know pirate we couldn't <laughs> yeah. we could oh yeah be influencing kids like that i mean i loved patch the pirate it, it literally it was kind of, honestly, it was cutting edge a little bit because he had some like, I just remember we didn't have TV. All we had was tapes of Patch the Pirate and it was stories with music and so the first songs that I remember singing in church, Make Me a Servant Like You Dear Lord, that song, that's what I remember singing in church as a kid. In fact, I learned, somebody said uh, the other night, I believe it was Clay Maynard, he said he learned to sing harmony from listening to Patch the Pirate. So it was just a, a, a part of our life that um you know a, a life well lived well done patch so let me tell you guys a great story about charles stanley you may not realize this but he was born only about 10 minutes from where i live uh, as a matter of fact if you watch the video uh, kind of recapping his life they said charles stanley born in dry fork virginia uh. that's that's about 10 minutes for me and, and let me tell you a really cool story just to honor his memory and his legacy so there was a, an older businessman here in town, and he loved Dr. Stanley, knew him very well. Um, he was a land developer, a home builder, and and built neighborhoods. And uh, by the way, when he drove me out to where Charles Stanley was born, he was probably at that point about 90 years old. And guys, it was it was actually that day that I became most right with God because by the time he drove out there, I'd been saved at least 12 times and confessed things that I'd never even done. He was all over the road and we were in the ditch and on the other side of the road, but we finally pulled up to this little white farmhouse and behind the white farmhouse, there's a massive, massive old white oak tree. And he shared with me, Charles Stanley's mom, when she found out she was pregnant, would go to that tree three times a day she would kneel down and three times a day she would pray that God would give her a son and that he would preach the gospel to the world. Wow. Well, that son was Charles Stanley. God honored that mother's prayer. He started out here in Danville as wow. a paper boy driving a bicycle, delivering newspapers, but ended up being a man through in touch ministries who preached the gospel to the world. So yeah. how cool is it that God heard his mama's prayer and I stood by that tree, fellas, and it, it's pretty powerful. That's amazing. Brian, I heard today, I was reading a story uh, that Todd Unziker posted that he has ties to North Carolina. He pastored Fruitland, I think, Baptist Church, and he was uh, also, I guess, the president of Fruitland Bible College. 
uh, way back in the day, which is just 20 minutes up the road from me. So yeah, that, that guy has influenced a whole lot of people and I was really sad to hear about his passing, but I know he's not sad about it. He's, he's excited. Yeah. And I don't know if we mentioned this last week, but we, we had a friend of the podcast actually pass away. Um, in fact, we've done an episode with him. Brandon Holt actually passed away two weeks Mm -hmm. ago and uh, Brandon was on the podcast with us, 37 years old. And uh, what a man that loved Jesus. He led worship incredibly. But I think about all three of those guys, Patch and Charles Stanley and Brandon Holt. And uh, just, man, the things that they're seeing, their faith has become sight. And uh, what a day that's going to be, guys, when we get to we get to see Jesus and worship with them. Yeah. Do you remember the song we used to sing at church when we were growing up? I've got more to go to heaven for than I had yesterday. Remember that there's a golden street to walk upon a bell. I'm going to ring. Remember that? Yep. I would have sang harmony with you, but there's a delay, but much of a delay. I wanted wanted to jump right in on that, man. Like a bunch of dinging bells, (laughs) but you know, the longer you live, the more that becomes true. You have more and more and more to go to heaven for heaven sounding sweeter all the time. I know that's a good one. That's good. Guys, I'm real excited. Of course, we have the RFP Network, and uh, we have some incredible podcasts that are part of the RFP Network. And this week, we're excited to be adding to the RFP Network. We have the Starving for Truth podcast is joining up with the RFP Network. It's got three hosts. It's got Adam Wiest, Chance Summers, and Tyler Garber. And uh, they've Austin Wiest. Austin Wiest. What did I say? You said Adam. Yeah, Adam Austin. He's a good middle name. (laughs) Mary Nath. I love Adam. I love Austin. I know who he is. He's a good guy. He went on. He went with us to Israel. But these guys uh, made a lasting impression on you. (laughs) Starving for a first name. He needs to change his name to Adam. Do y'all have that habit when you see somebody and you've got a name in your head what they look like and then you will just call them that? That's happened before. Yes. I had a kid in my youth group. I called him Aaron. His entire youth group. Aaron. His entire his entire time in my youth group. Two years later, I did his wedding. He's like, you know, my name is, uh, no, I called him Travis and his name was actually Aaron. I called him Travis for two and a half years. He's like, you know, my name's Aaron. I was like, my bad, bro. Actually, his name might be Trap. I have no idea what the kid's name is. <laughs> you still don't know his name. <laughs> I, have six kids and I don't even know their name. That's why they're moose This is butter like butter the Parks and Rec red. episode where Jerry Gary forgets his name. And <laughs> I love it. Well, I just know 20,000 people named Bud. That's it. <laughs> Bud. Right. Well, Starving for Truth podcast, go check them out today, rfpnetwork.org. Speaking of the RFP Network, I got to hang out with the admin team from Men of Power in Asheville, North Carolina this week. Man, we had some good food, some good times, went and had coffee, hung out for a while. Those are some, man, I'm telling you, those are some good guys. With an asterisk next to Randall. But yes, they're great guys. I actually got to meet Randall in person. And uh, he told me that you never answer his text messages. So He's shout out, liar. Randall. Come on, answer his text messages. You're pulling up be contagious. He's a liar. I mean, he's just I like, hey. Him. It's funny because I posted that, the thing about the Men of Valor Conference that's coming up August 24th and 26th at the Ridgecrest Conference Center in Black Mountain, North Carolina. That's right near you, right, Nate? Yes, and everybody needs to go sign up for that. And men, sign up for that, all three of us. It's a Men of Valor Conference. And teens. They have a teen session, multiple teen sessions. So, yeah. All three of us will be there. We're all Mm -hmm. speaking. We'd love for you to come and be part of the Men of Valor Conference. 
And uh, somebody I, I posted the other day, great friends, Eric, and okay friends, Randall. He's like, man, people <laughs> really think we hate each other. It's like, we don't. Hey, by the way, I now have 1,077 unread text. That's unbelievable, Brian. Brian I don't even disease. know what to do with that. <laughs> Just throw your phone away. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of money hey. to pay every month. Well, hey, it's why? funny. I know that I've been part of those because I've been sending texts all week, and I finally was like, Brian, you've not answered me since Monday. <laughs> you finally answered tonight. I called you out on it. That's all you got to do, folks. If you text Brian, just keep texting and calling him out. He'll answer. Hold me accountable. That's it. That's hey, it. JC, I was on the phone with Brian today for an hour and a half, and when I got off the phone with him, I remembered something that I, I needed to tell him, and so I texted him like four messages he didn't answer me. I know he had his phone in his hand because he just hung up with me. No. He didn't you, respond. I told you I was studying, and you said, well, put the phone down and yeah. study. I so did I pushed that. it over to the side. I was just, look, JC held me accountable on me not responding, and I responded. You Thank held you. me accountable to being on the phone and not studying. So I, I'm, be, I'm being as submissive to both of you guys as I can possibly be, and I'm still getting fussed at. That's Man. hilarious. Well, we I love you, Brent. How many? What's the number? How many? 1,077. That's a huge number. That's unbelievable. You know what's a bigger number that we just what? found out? Yeah. In the last 90 days, the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast has had 108,791 downloads. Whoa. Wow. In We're still months. growing, boys. We're still growing. That's unbelievable. No, That's pretty incredible. We said it wouldn't last three months. We had run out of content in three months, but we haven't. And uh, I tell you what, I'm excited about today's episode. We have a friend of the RFP uh, that comes to us from a different denomination, not Independent Fundamental Baptist, uh, but we're real excited about having Jen. Is it Baller or Brawler? Brawler. Uh, what? Brawler. Brawler. Okay, I'm going to back up and do that again. Sorry, Nate. Three, <laughs> two, one. We're real excited about having our friend Jen Brawler. Three. <laughs> We're really excited to have our friend Jen on the podcast with us today. And as she is uh, an incredible young lady who has a great following on social media, has reached out to us, and we love her story. And I'm excited for you to get to hear her story today. Y'all ready to get the show started? Yes, I'm sir. Ready. Let's go. <laughs> You know what makes women stupid is college. Jesus was not a bartender. Hi, man. Two. You have lost your mind. Long tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Puts on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age. Hi, man. Well, there you go. Blast from the past. It's the old intro on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. And we've had so many people ask to hear the old intro. So there you go. You get it. It's just epic. It just is. Epic. Shout out Cowboy Kyle. That's it, man. I love Cowboy Kyle. We, re we recorded that at US 101. Somebody had turned over in their grave if they knew it was a country <laughs> radio station that made the intro of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. It's only right. It's only hey, didn't, right. Didn't one of you guys try to record one time and you were getting kicked around by security or something? Do I remember that or am I dreaming? 
I think Nate was at J Radio when we first started, and he set the alarm yeah, off. Yeah, the cops came up. in. I forgot. Just right after I had moved, right? Or I was somewhere, and the cops came. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. Yep. I'm talking about. I'm talking about like a city. You were at a hotel or a city. Oh, no, that Vegas. was in Vegas. I, me and Eric Swarzynski, we got kicked out of uh, New York, New York. We were no, all three of us. It was me, you, and and yep, Eric we were we were recording street. upstairs, and they kicked us out on the street. <laughs> Mike yeah, that's what was I there with us too. Oh, that's right. He was. That feels like a different life ago. That's two years ago, wasn't it? Different life ago. I love that. <laughs> it does. <laughs> that seems like a different life ago. Yeah, I've done a lot of lot of life in two years. Oh, well. <laughs> just, hooked, just hooked on phonics, aren't you, buddy? It worked for me. It, worked it did. Me. I liked it. Well, I'm excited about today's episode. We have a friend of the RFP, Jen, is on with us, and I've given up all hope to say her last name. I'll let her do Brawyer. it. Brawyer. You're a bra- nope, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry, but Jen B, <laughs> and she's on the podcast with us today. And uh, Jen, welcome to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. You know, JC, my my maiden name was Swickerath. Well, I'm never going to try that one. <laughs> Swickerath. So, well, oh, say that one better. Yeah, Swickerath. It's 12, 12 letters, and it took me a long time to learn it. Brawler is like a walk in the park for me. Yes. I, I got closer up in the alphabet. Swickerath is German. Oh, yeah. What is yeah. Did I say it what right? Brawler? Brawler. Oh, look at that. I got it now. All right, let's go back and if, redo the intro. <laughs> if my last name was Swickerath, at the rate at which I learned, I'd have been in the fifth grade before I could even spell my name. <laughs> Took me too much to learn how to spell mine, Jay. See, stupid. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to be on the RFP today? Yeah, thank you guys so much for, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And what's exciting for me about this is that I feel like the RFP audience is very similar to the audience that I have on social media. And so that is just really exciting for me. And I'm so excited for what the Lord is doing and how he's moving. So a bit about me. I grew up Trinity Pentecostal holiness, a um, lot of standards, a lot of legalism, a lot of man-made rules and man-made laws. And I, it wasn't until 2020, the beginning of 2020, the end of 2019, that I started studying scripture for myself and asking a bunch of really hard questions. Mm. And then nobody had the answers. Nobody had the answers to all the questions that I was asking. So I ran to God's word and I started reading God's word for myself for the first time in my life. And it was like the, like all the wool had been pulled from my eyes and the Lord just really humbled me before him. And it has been a walk the last three years. And what God has done is so much more than I ever could have imagined. Wow. wow that's, awesome. that's really awesome. I love that. So, so Jen, let me ask you a question. So you studied the word of God for yourself. God pulled the wool off of your eyes. So I know a lot of people that listen to us, everybody that listens to us isn't like for us. They Some of them listen to find mistakes. So I, I know a lot of people are out there thinking, okay, so now the wool is pulled off your eyes. So that means you can just go do anything you want to do and you just don't believe anything anymore. Is that what happened? No, not at all. <laughs> the complete opposite, actually. Yeah. The complete opposite. The Lord, I, I follow God's law not now, not man's law. And it 
has been a journey of figuring out my personal convictions instead of these convictions that were pushed on me. Mm. And I feel like that is something that that a lot of people have misconceptions about is that, oh, if you leave legalism, um, you just throw the baby out with the bathwater and Mm. you just do whatever you want and you think you can live however you want. But it's actually the opposite in my life. Um, I have more convictions and I follow more laws now by God's word, according to his word and my personal convictions than I ever did living in legalism. Wow. Wow. That's really good. By the way, which, which, uh, form of Pentecostalism were you in? Because I know recently uh, I've been watching some music. I think it's the Pentecostals or something like that. Their music is unbelievable. Charity I've Gale. actually, I've actually been thinking about being a Pentecostal myself after hearing <laughs> their music. It's, it's you heard amazing. it here first. Is that the- be out of breath after jumping three times? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't. You, you're talking about my half inch vertical leap, but <laughs> I, so was that the background that you have? Yes. So, so I grew up Trinity Pentecostal. I know that a lot of the UPC and apostolic movements are also very musical and talented in that way. I grew up in a very musical family. My dad plays the saxophone. My mom plays the piano. My uncle plays the guitar. My cousin plays the harmonica. I grew up playing the fiddle. And um, so we, we, we were just like a whole little, little band of us, but the music was, was very ingrained in us. Um, It's just part of the culture of the Pentecostals, I guess. I love this conversation because it goes to prove what we've been saying for four years, 153 episodes now is that legalism is not just an IFB issue. Legalism goes across all denominations in every form or facet of Christianity. In fact, this week I heard a guy preaching. uh, It's been a couple weeks ago. I heard this guy preaching who is an apostolic pastor, but he is preaching against beards. And that lines up very similar with some IFB guys that were just standing in the pulpits that IFB or bad sermons just quoted talking about beards. Y'all check this out. Apostolic churches today, you walk in some of them, there's more beards in there than there are out in the street. I'm going to tell you something. Facial hair is not apostolic. However you want to cut it, it's compromise. I don't care if your leader says you can wear a beard, honey. Beard's nothing more than pride. You're not going to be dipped in Holy Ghost oil and run around looking like the world. We don't need beards. We need more oil. We need more ashes. We need more people in an altar. We need more prayer rooms. We need more people digging into the things of God. You can look in the recipe of anointing. You'll never find beards, Brother Epley. You can look in the recipe of anointing. You're never going to find television. You can look at the recipe of anointing, and you're not going to find compromise. You can look in the recipe of anointing, and women are going to be covering their knees. You can look in the recipe of anointing, and men are still going to look like men, and women are still going to look like women. Somewhere, Joash, you better protect the oil.
I'm talking about having a working knowledge of the details. How about a working knowledge of the do's and the don'ts? Amen. Hey, this book is a book of commandments. And God still desires obedience out of our life. And we are to know what God expects us to do and what God expects us not to do. Amen. And we're living in a society that has thrown that out the window. They want you to think you can go to church and be right with God and live like dogs. And it's not true tonight. It's still a shame for a man to have long hair. Because First Corinthians 11 is still in the book. Amen. It's still there. I know it agitates the liberals. I know preachers don't preach on it that much anymore. Then I know that they just let it go in the church. But it ought to not be let go in the church. It's Bible. Amen. That's not being mean. That's not being ugly. Amen. I was in a meeting one time and a man was stroking his beard. I'm not against a man having a beard. But this young man was stroking his beard. It's about down to here. He was stroking that beard. He said, I'm coming to Jubilee. And he said, I hope you're not against beards. I said, I'm not. But I'm against that one right there. He said, you being serious, I said, brother, I don't care if long hair is on the top of your head or under your neck. I said, cut six inches of it off before I'll sing you in the Jubilee. Well, I hit a stump right there too. Doesn't make, doesn't, listen, doesn't make a hill of beans to me. I could get it a whole lot tighter than that. Amen. But I'm just telling you, I'm not against you men having a beard. Amen. I'm against somebody looking like uh, uh, they're, they're nasty. Amen. Uh, I mean, groom it. Take care of it. Most of uh, all you men do that, and I appreciate uh, uh, you doing that. But I'm just simply saying convictions and standards. You know why it gets so quiet when you preach stuff like that? Because people don't read that book like they used to. Amen. It was a time when you preached that, uh, and people would say amen uh, because morality and decency and, and cleanliness was something that people upheld but now we live in a dressed down dumbed down society and don't know anything about anything and everything goes that's why you need to know your do's and don'ts from the word of God you need to have some standards convictions hey young people you need to take that King James Bible and draw some lines in the sand and draw them very deep and draw them very firm and even if your best friends or your family members goes another way you stand for the truth and sell it not amen man so, so Jen, is that similar to what you would have grown up with? Yeah, absolutely. I actually remember being in a camp meeting one, one night and it wasn't at my home church. We had like a group of fellowships of churches we would go to. And after the service was like coming to a close, um, there was two young men that I actually knew pretty well. And from the pulpit, the pastor called these two young men out for having beards and told them to go shave that rebellion off their faces. And I have never been so embarrassed in my whole life. And it wasn't even about me, you know, but it was heartbreaking to me. And I could just see the, the sadness and the shame that those two young men had. You know, it's so legalism is such a uh, very interesting man-made ideology that is so deep and impactful. And honestly, that's why, Jen, a lot of people, even your age, your generation are turning away from the church. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of pride behind legalism and it creates a lot of damage because those that are shouting the loudest, they're hurting and creating a lot of damage to people whose the legalism is towards. We speak into that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, legalism truly destroys our view of the Lord. Like it, it, it masks the view, the true holiness of God and who he is, because we think somehow that by following all of these laws or making up these laws, the, lo- the Lord will love us more. 
or will somehow gain his his trust more or, or we will somehow be higher up in heaven and and earn more crowns or, or earn more jewels or earn all our holiness and it's just so far from the truth and then you have a whole generation of people who are left feeling so broken and not knowing how good of a father god is because they've been taught that he's just this mean guy in heaven that is just mad at you all the time. Anytime you mess up or anytime you don't follow these extra rules. Um, and that's just so sad. Like you said, there's, there's so many, there's so many of us that have, that have left legalism and have came, you know, and actually tried to follow the Lord, but then there's a whole nother group that have left the faith altogether. And I think that is what's so heartbreaking to me is they leave with a false picture of who God is and mm. what the gospel is, and they never get the truth. And I said, so with my story and with my testimony and with my platform now that the Lord has blessed me with, that has been my heart and my mission. It's just sharing my story and what God has done in my life and that you can leave legalism and have a relationship with the Lord. Mm. You do not have to be a slave to all of this bondage, you do not have to live in the sin of legalism because it is sin mm -hmm. and you can walk in the freedom of his grace and you do not have to go to the world, you know? That is so powerful. Wow. Jen, don't you think it's confusing though? Those two young men in that service that night, mm -hmm. if they go home and they read the Bible, they hear Jesus say, Jesus say, I do always those things which please the father. And then they continue to read. And the Bible says that they pluck the beard from his face. So yeah. if the only sinless man who ever walked the face of the earth, the only man who has ever been able to say, I do always and only those things which please the father. Yeah. If he had a beard, then how does this man that I'm supposed to look to as my spiritual guide this man that I'm supposed to look to to guide me into God's word, how does he stand up and scold me for what Jesus right. himself had and was still pleasing to the Father? Don't you think that creates confusion and that leads to young people leaving the church because they see the contradiction? Absolutely. The double standards, they just go on and on and on, and the hypocrisy goes on and on. And I think that is why a lot of people leave is because they think that's who God is because that's all they've been shown and that's all they've been given. And so I, when I first left legalism and I just started, I never had the intention of my platform becoming what it has. My heart was just to share what the Lord was teaching me through everything that maybe, maybe it would encourage somebody. Maybe it would be a light to somebody. And, and I was absolutely blown away at the response because at the time I didn't see a lot of other posts, like I was posting, you know, I didn't see a lot of other content that I was producing at that time. And so it was very isolating. It's very lonely trying to figure out what you believe all on your own, trying to figure out like, am I actually going to hell for wearing pants as a woman? trying to figure out like, is all of these things actually sinful according to God's word? And so I think that now more than ever, because of this podcast, because of other websites, because of platforms like mine, people are getting the truth. People are getting to hear the gospel shared and being told that there is more, you know, there's more resources out there now than I believe there ever has been. Yeah. Jen, you're exactly right. I'm 47 years old, and 
until two or three years ago, I heard very little, if any, of people speaking out against legalism. And it seemed to all happen at once. When we announced our pro- our two promo episodes that we were going to start this podcast, we got this huge response. And I think there were a dozen people that reached out and said, we're in the process of doing the exact same thing. It seemed yeah. like God just was doing something. And I think a lot of times strongholds that have held sway for years, I think God just says, hey, this one's coming down. It's it's time to to do something decisive about this. And just to play a small role in that is amazing. By the way, God has given you an incredible gift. And, and I know you have thousands and thousands of followers. It's just, it's amazing to, to know the generation that we live in. This wouldn't have been possible 15 years ago. Just absolutely impossible to reach as many people. You had to have a multi-million dollar budget and be on TV stations and radio stations to reach the numbers that we're reaching. And yet, as JC said earlier, and from the numbers we know you got that you have on social media, it's just amazing that the doors that God has opened for information to spread the gospel. It's truly, it's truly so beautiful to see. And I, the other thing that I think is super interesting about it is in my circles, I've had a lot of sermons preached against Christian influencers Mm -hmm. and it's always kind of directed, you know, at me. I mean, they never say my name, but it's like, I'm, I'm the only one out there in their circle that has left and became an influencer, you know? Um, but what's really sad about that is that I share the gospel, like through, like through and through, I share the, the, the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the good news. And the fact that they can degrade that and try to tear that down is super heartbreaking to me because it's like, just because I share the gospel in a way that you probably wouldn't share it, you're offended by that and you feel the need to rip it into shreds. That is so heartbreaking to me. In the last um, few months, my my page alone has reached almost 6 million people. Incredible. And that is like literally mind-blowing to me, the way that the <laughs> Lord has just used my platform and it's just my story. I'm not a teacher. I don't claim to be a teacher. It's just, this is what's got, this is what the Lord's teaching me. This is what God is speaking to me. And I just talk about it, you know? I love it. Hmm. Well, I'm it's so thankful that amazing. there's voices like yours that are out there reaching out to a generation who need truth. And we've said it a lot on here. Truth never fears a challenge. Truth is consistent with itself. Truth correlates with reality. And you're proving that uh, God has raised up young people to be influencers, to proclaim that truth. And so we back you, we support you. We are applauding you and we're saying, Hey, keep pressing on. Cause you're doing a good work for sure. Hey, don't you guys wish that we had been where Jen is yeah. when we were her age? <laughs> I wish it hadn't taken me so long. Jen, a little while back, I was talking to my dad and he actually started crying and he said, it makes me incredibly sad that I stayed in that bondage for so many years that I wasn't set free until this, you know, late point in my life. And just to know that, that at your age, you're, you're trumpeting this message of freedom from legalism. It's just beautiful. And by the way, guys, can we just say the RFP started the avalanche of all of the, I mean, we get, we Come like, on. it's got us. We started this podcast four years ago. There was nothing like this. Right. Right. I mean, but you can be in a town of 200 residents 
and there's a convenience store that says famous hot dogs or <laughs> world famous hot dogs. Who told them their hot dogs were world famous? At some <laughs> point, they just started saying it. And so I'm just going to say the RFP started this avalanche of information and somebody will just have to prove me untrue. <laughs> well, Brian, so honestly, when when we started this, a lot of it was searching podcast and we could not find anything regarding legalism, freedom from man-made ideology. I mean, I remember driving to Texas and the whole trip I am searching 13 hours in the car. And that's where we ended up calling Nathan. We had this conversation and, you know, and then you finally jumped in with us and it's just been incredible to see how God has taken this over the last four years. And, you know, I, I do look back at times and think, man, I wish we could have started this in our mid twenties, y'all in your mid thirties, um, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like late thirties. So that's okay. for falling down on the donut mouth open. Comment. Hey Brian, if we hey, started it funny. in our twenties, if we started our twenties, JC would have been 12 and he could have sang for us, patch the pirate songs. I mean, come on, that would have been an intro. That's it. But you know what? I, I look back and, and, and I think that Brian, but I mean, think of the influence your dad has had since he has stepped into truth. I mean, there are people mm -hmm. that he's got, God is perfect in all of his ways. And there's a appointed time for everything. I, I heard, I have heard multiple times in the last couple of weeks and I know y'all have as well. Y'all got me through 2020 COVID year, the RFP. I mean, how many people started listening to the RFP during COVID during 2020? I heard it so many times last week, pastors walking up with tears in their eyes going, you guys are what got me through COVID. Like mm -hmm. just that encouragement and that continual pointing to the gospel. It wasn't our swag. It wasn't our conversations. It was, it was the gospel and the truth of the word. And that's what I love about Jen. That's what I love about so many of these people that are raising up. It's the gospel. That is our foundation. It's not a mile wide and an inch deep. It's not shallow. It is the gospel. And when you build on the gospel, it's going to proclaim truth. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jen, I have a question because, you know, growing up in legalism, whichever denomination you're in, uh, it, it, it's similar. It mimics, it, even though it's a different denomination, different country at times, different cultures, it still mimics the, the legalism across the board. So from what I know of uh, the, the denomination that you grew up in and any type of holiness, which I've had a lot of experience with around Trenton, Georgia, it's very deeply ingrained in that area and in Alabama and Tennessee. But uh, dress was always seems to be on the the forefront. Anything external, which clothing is as external as you can get. It's the very fringe of, of what we present to the world. And I'm thankful for clothing, but it seems like uh, even though the Bible talks about modesty, uh, so many legalists take that so much further. What was your experience with that in the holiness church? Yeah, I'm so, so glad you brought this up because I feel like this goes right along with um, double standards and how interesting it is. Modesty was always preached about from a point of covering yourself up and do not make a man lust after you. You must protect men at all costs. And um, there was a lot of shame in that. There was a lot of um, fear and a lot of what if this happens and then I will burn in hell for eternity if I make a man lust after me for 
wearing a split in my skirt. Um, but the, the main thing that the standards that I saw with modesty and the double standards that I saw was that we were told to cover up, but then I would see a lot of like fashion shows. I call, I'm calling it a fashion show because at these conferences that we would go to, you would spend hundred dollars, $200 on a dress per night do your hair all up real nice because our hair, we weren't allowed to cut our hair. So our hair, you know, was super long. We'd have these big elaborate styles and it's the complete opposite of modesty actually, mm. because we weren't mm-hmm. allowed to, to wear makeup and we weren't allowed to cut our hair or wear any jewelry. We had to get the male attention and the male gaze somehow in the right way, if you know what I mean. And so a lot of girls would come to these conferences looking for a husband but you would come to these and you're not allowed to do X, Y, Z. So you have to do it in a different way. And it would just play out in a whole different way. And it wasn't modest at all. It was very prideful for me personally. I thought I went to public school actually. So I went to public school and I wore skirts throughout all of public school and my hair was way past my butt all throughout public school. And I was so proud of it, you guys. I was so proud. Mm. And I wore it proudly that I was different. I think a lot of girls were embarrassed that they weren't like everybody else. That was not me. I had so much pride in my heart and I loved being different Mm. and standing out from the crowd. And so that was one of the things that the Lord really convicted me of coming out of that is that, Jen, you say you've been modest your whole life your heart has been full of pride and full of sin. And you've been trying to get attention your whole life in a whole different way. See how holy I am. See Mm. what I'm doing. Mm. So, yeah. That is so insightful. You know, Jen, this coming Sunday, I'm actually preaching on Jesus opposition with the Pharisees and Jesus being opposed by the Pharisees. And it's, it's pretty shocking when you read Matthew 23, that Jesus reserved his harshest words for the most religious, you know, he welcomed prostitutes and sinners, even being called a friend of sinners. Mm. He was a friend of tax collectors, which was a category even below sinners in that culture. Jesus said the harshest things he ever said to the most religious And so I'm studying through Matthew chapter 23, and I had this this awakening to the passage that I've always read about the Pharisees in the New Testament, and I've always despised them. And a preacher like Jesus makes war with false religion. Anything Anything that promotes elevating self and demoting others, he... He was against that. But the more Mm -hmm. I studied it, Jen, the more I realized it's not the Pharisees that I need to to despise. It's the Pharisee in me. Mm. I need Jesus to make war with the Pharisee in me because my tendency is to be the one who inwardly thanks God that I am not like that other person who's broken by sin. My tendency is to look at someone who's had a life destroyed by sin and talk about what manner of person they are. My tendency is to question the truth as the disciples, as the Pharisees did in Matthew, when it's inconvenient in my life. 
I, I realize there's a Pharisee even in me, and I need Jesus to make war with the Pharisee in me so that I'm not living out that double standard so that so that, that my fleshly tendency and bent toward legalism doesn't destroy uh, my relationship with Jesus. And so mm-hmm. it, it's really cool just to hear you say that and, and to know that I'm working through that passage right now. Yeah, that's, that's actually so ironic because the verse that the Lord really spoke to me over and over was Matthew 23, 27. And it's where he calls out the, the Pharisees and he says, you hypocrites, you're like whitewashed tombs, outwardly beautiful and inside you're full of dead people's bones. Mm. And that was, that was my life. That was my life before I left legalism. That was, that was me. And the fact that he has redeemed me and brought me out of that and showed me that, that there's so much more to who he is, that there is so much more to still learn about him and grow in him. And there's so much freedom in walking with him is just amazing. Mm. But isn't, hasn't that been all of us guys? Yeah. That we've been so concerned with the outside that as long as the outside was fine and as long as people accepted us on the basis of what they saw on the exterior, we really didn't give attention to the interior. Like I know for a fact, I've stood up and sung in churches when I was growing up, I've preached in churches when inwardly I was so disqualified, but because I checked all of the outward boxes, I was automatically given credibility. (laughs) It's wrong. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times on here and I mean it, the freedom that comes when you learn to live from acceptance rather than for acceptance, it's Mm -hmm. life changing. Legalism puts you on that treadmill of trying to gain acceptance and earn everybody's approval. And you can't do it. That's why people burn out. Cause I mean, I, I don't run on the treadmill period. I get on the elliptical. It's better for your knees. Right. But I mean, you get on that <laughs> treadmill and you run, you're gonna, you're gonna, you can't, you can't do it at a full pace speed for very long. You're going to get tired. And that's what happens in legalism is you get on this treadmill and you're just going, 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 and you burn out. And sadly a lot, turn it off and walk away and they want nothing to do from with it. But when you learn who you are, we're walking through this book. I've talked about it before called sonship. And for me, when I learned that I'm a son of God, when I'm a child of God and I live from that acceptance, I don't have to earn his love and he just loves me. It's, it's, it's life changing. It really is. Yeah. Jen. So, so coming out of that, realizing this, this new paradigm, this new experience of not trying to earn God's favor, but live in his favor. That doesn't mean, okay, I don't have to be modest anymore. It means it it comes from a different place. So what is, what is biblical modesty? Because the three of us as pastors, we can tell women what modesty is, but I don't think it carries the weight that it carries when a woman speaks into it. So what is biblical modesty? Yeah, absolutely. Biblical modesty is simply humbleness before God in all areas of our lives. And it's really sad to me that that modesty has been just put in a box of clothing. And I talk about that all the time on my Instagram, that modesty is so much more than clothes. It is immodest to gossip. It is immodest to slander. It is Mm. immodest to, to 
the the list goes on and on and on. Like I can literally go all day about what's immodest, but all those things are never addressed at the heart. It's the heart of the issues that need to be addressed when it comes to modesty. Modesty truly is humbleness and submission before an almighty God in all areas of our lives Mm -hmm. and should be treated as such. And so for me, it has looked like laying down a lot of the prideful things that I had in my life. For me, it was actually cutting my hair because I had become very um, prideful in my hair and Mm. very, I idolized it in so many ways because of how long it was and the attention that it brought me. And with all the pride that it brought, it was immodest for me. So for me, cutting my hair was one of the steps that I took to be modest, which a lot of people would argue with me on that because that was one of the, the standards that I was raised in is that having long hair is your glory. And so cutting it is shameful, you know? So it's, that was something that's very different than Mm. a lot of other people would say. Such a great guys. This is an incredibly insightful interview. How old are you again, Jen? So I was, when I left, I was 20. Wow. 20. Yeah. And how old are you now? 24. Just so you know, you're an extraordinary young woman. Your your maturity and your insight and just how you articulate this. I, I'm sitting over here just absolutely amazed, guys, at, at the responses that you're giving because it's it's so insightful. It's forcing me to think about this mm-hmm. subject in a way that even I, I don't think I've thought about it. Like the fact that you're cutting your long hair was a modest uh, move toward modesty for you because you took pride mm. in your hair, which I guess was ultimately you, you taking pride in a, in a good work that you could accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do we, how do we balance that out with, with enjoying God's good gifts? Because I enjoy shoes. I enjoy fashion. I enjoy a good haircut, a nice beard, uh, good yeah. glasses, whatever, driving a nice car. I'm a, I'm a Jeep guy. So how do we enjoy those things modestly without making letting it become an idol, I guess? Yeah, I think it's just about everything in moderation, right? Just just like I I, I don't think it's wrong to have a nice car. I don't think it's wrong to have a nice house. I think it matters where you put your your worth in. Where are you mm-hmm. finding your identity? Is it coming from those things? Is it coming from Christ? Mm-hmm. Are you are you prideful in these things? Or are you giving God the glory for them and pointing it all back to him? My mm-hmm. husband and I opened a business last year, and we are now full-time entrepreneurs, which is wild. Wow. Um, and we are expanding our business, uh, doubling our square footage of a retail store. And I never in a million years thought that this is where we would be right now. And the Lord has blessed us in so many ways. And we're actually going on a trip to Europe. We leave Monday and the Lord has blessed us so, so much with all of it. And, and it's crazy to me because I, I, I see the Lord's favor in his hand and just on our lives. And it is so exciting to me because I feel like where we are in our lives right now, the Lord has brought me out of this legalism and into walking in his freedom. And with that has came so many more joys and so much more excitement. And I am 
truly walking in um, the freedom of his, in his light. And it's just so joyful. So I think that with modesty, it all comes in moderation, right? I, with us going to Europe and everything, uh, we actually got half of it for free because we oh. were smart with our money and used our miles. And so it's like, it, everything's not always as it seems, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Instagram versus reality. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Jen, so I'm, I'm just sitting here listening. All three of us are girl dads. All of us have, have daughters and uh, you are... You are what I would pray my daughters become. You love Jesus. You're figuring it out. You're, you're, you're talking to a generation of young people that are figuring this out. And I just want you to talk to the, the teenage girl, the 20 year old girl that's listening to this podcast. That's really struggling right now with her identity, who she is. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that we don't, we don't know. Um, what, what, word of hope would you give to them or a, a message of direction would you give to them? Yeah, the biggest thing that I can tell you to do is run to God's word. He will never disappoint you. His character is his word and you will learn through the scriptures of who he is and it will truly change your life. It has brought me so much joy. It has um, given me a new perspective on how I view my entire life and I have been blessed beyond measure through it. And the find when it comes to finding your identity, the best thing that you can do is find your worth in Christ. Everything else will fail you. And I have, I am a living, walking testimony of that. I was in and out of a lot of toxic relationships. I ran to legalism. I have been up and down all around. I idolized marriage for a very long time. And it wasn't until I truly grasped what it means to find your identity in Christ and put your worth in him and, and learn his character and how you can truly walk as a believer through him that everything changed for me. And you don't have to live in this life of anxiety. You don't have to live in a life of sin. There's true joy and freedom. I get just a great response. Um, so, Jen, uh, just one final question that I have. So this past week, I spent time with a pastor's son. His dad was an incredibly legalistic preacher. As a matter of fact, he was notorious for being one of the absolute just meanest pulpiteers in our independent fundamentalist movement. He was just as ruthless at home. And this past week I talked to this gentleman and in tears, he started pouring out how he had come to terms with the fact that his dad was a narcissist that he held power by gaslighting the church, by gaslighting his family, and then seeing how the church fed his narcissism and even defended that when it was called out as if someone had attacked the man of God. But now here he is, an adult man, trying to recover from the impact and the effects of a narcissist who promoted legalism for the sake of feeding his narcissism. 
what would you say, first of all, about legalism and narcissism, and if you've experienced that, and then second of all, how does a person who's coming to terms with all of the negativity of their religious upbringing and the legalism attached to that, how do they reconcile all of that and and run deeper into a relationship with Jesus versus away from a relationship with Jesus? I think I think the the best thing you can do when dealing with narcissism and dealing with legalism is understand that it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about um, the things that that person says to you. It's not an attack on your character. It's about their heart and it's about what's going on in them. Mm. You are held accountable for yourself and your soul to the almighty God. You cannot, you cannot um, take on that and carry that weight, even though it's so heavy and it's so hard to deal with. And, and I think that all that you can do through that and reconciling that is find a good community of believers to get plugged into, have a good church community, find good mentors to um, mentor you and disciple you and run to God's word. Because I, I feel like I'm a broken record, but the gospel changes everything, guys. Like yes. reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So I, there was three days that I took and I, it was just me in this little cabin. And I just took my Bible and I turned off my phone. This was right after I had left legalism. And I got my first ESV Bible, guys. My Whoa. first ESV. Come on. <laughs> And I brought my highlighters and I read through all of the gospels and I read through acts too. And talk about the most eye-opening experience for me. Galatians changed my life. It wrecked me. You know, Paul says, if we are to be a servant of man, then we are not servants of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I'm for a 20 year old girl who has spent her whole life pleasing man it was a very big wake up call for me that I have lived my whole life in an idolatry to God. Mm. And so my, if you want to be reconciled with the Lord through all of this pain and through all of this hurt, he's the only one that can heal. He's the only one that can pull you through all of this. And it's not overnight. It's, it's been mm. three years since I've, since I've left. And I feel like it's still so hard. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, what did you do? (laughs) (laughs) 20 year old, we would freak out. 12 year old me would have a heart attack, you know, (laughs) but it's like, I know truth. I know truth and I know God's word. And so it's, it's, that's yeah. Such a good answer. Yeah. Well, Jen, I have a final question for you. We'd love to ask our guests this question, and that is, what is the gospel? You've already touched on this, but I think we should all just turn our mics off and listen to Jen talk for a little while. The gospel is... um... I'm trying not to cry, guys. Probably will cry. That's okay. The (laughs) The gospel is is the good news of Jesus Christ that he was born of a virgin, came as a man and lived a perfect life and took the weight and of sin and death on his shoulders and died on the cross for our sins so that we can live um, through him and then 
story doesn't just end there. Three days later, he was raised from the dead and he, he ascended into heaven and lives with the father. And the good news is, is through him, we can receive salvation and life for eternity. And I'm just so thankful that, that it doesn't, it's not just about all of that, but through, through the gospel, through him, we have, we are able to live in joy in this life and in freedom through him. Amen. And we are no longer slaves to the old law. Come on. Thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. Jen, you're awesome. This has been a great episode. And uh, man, you should start a podcast to join the RFP network. You'd take off. I guarantee <laughs> Absolutely, you. Absolutely, yes. Your voice, your voice needs to be heard. For a, a lot of people need to hear the message that God is doing, telling through you. And uh, I'm thankful that you just came on the podcast today and uh, shared some time with us and uh, where can, where can folks find your, your stuff, Instagram website, wh where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. It's just Jen, J E N Brawler, B R A L L I E R. And I'm on every, every platform you can think of basically. That's good. Well, Jen, as the father of three daughters, I have to honestly say, I think this is one of my favorite interviews we've done. <laughs> and I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, hearing your heart, um, the way you've talked about Jesus. And I think it's really going to speak to the RFP audience. And so I'm grateful that we've had this time. Thank you guys so, so much. Hey, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I'm really glad to know that our listeners aren't all just old, fat yes. guys that are You're crotchety sitting out there. <laughs> Why yeah, are you talking have, about me to my face, Nathan? We, <laughs> we have young people yeah. and uh, cool young people that love Jesus yes. and they're making an impact on their generation and okay. they're part of the RFP fam. So yes, it's yes. awesome. Awesome to meet you. If I walked past you in the street, I never would have guessed that you listened to the RFP. So this is just, it, it honestly just, it's encouraging to everything that we've done to hear that it ministered to you in that season of life. And that was our prayer. This whole thing's been bathed in prayer. This whole thing's been about the gospel. And we've prayed many times, Lord, reach that person that feels absolutely hopeless, that are that are drowning with chains of legalism around them. Please Goodness. rescue them through our simple words, through our Feeble uh, efforts. efforts. Yeah. Just the, yeah. it seems like, man, that, that was, I don't know if anybody else records something and stops and thinks that was terrible. That was ridiculous. That can't help anybody, but to know that God yeah. takes our, our humble efforts and uses them in, in incredible ways. And now you're reaching more people than we ever have. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. I love yeah. it. Yeah. But I way, think it'd be I'm going to need good. therapy now, now that Nathan just described me. <laughs> <laughs> he talked about me to my face, old and crotchety. All right, and hey, fat. I, I mean, he just, he just went, Brian. look, you need to send me $125 so I can pay for this therapy episode. Because, <laughs> look, just because I'm on medication, don't mean you can't hurt my feelings. I mean, uh, I just want bless to it. be aware of that, Jen. I think it'd be very fitting today if, if we closed out this episode, if you would just pray and I pray for those that are listening, pray for those that are still stuck that are where you were four years ago, three years ago, and uh, pray that God will open their eyes to truth and uh, just close us out in a word of prayer, if you will. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this podcast. I thank you for what you are doing through um, the testimonies 
be overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies, Lord. So I pray that this episode would reach every single person that it needs to reach, that uh, eyes would be opened, that hearts would be softened, and that you would turn hearts of stone into hearts of flesh, mm. and that you would just breathe, breathe new life, Lord Jesus. Come and do what only you can do, and um, may it may it change hearts and lives for your glory. May souls be saved and um, may chains be broken. And we thank you so much for what you're doing. And we will praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jen, we do thank you so much for being here with us on the RFP today. And uh, my goodness, you can just join us and be the fourth on the network. We need a female voice on here. Uh, we got Brian. Never mind. But come on, RFP Network. Hey, that's two and, shots in one podcast, man. You I got me twice last week. I got no, only back. said you fell face down, mouth open on a Krispy Kreme donut. And I, I didn't. I didn't go for two. Yeah, you did. You followed up with one. Anyhow, thanks for being here with us on the Recovering Fundamentalist <laughs> Podcast. We'll see you next week, episode one fifty four. Y'all have a good week. Be sweet. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.